Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Was that as funny as you hoped it would be? I, you know, you ruined it, so now it can't be. <laughs> I can't say, oh, Megan, Wait, you yeah, said- How did I ruin anything? You didn't even let me like oh, say oh. anything about it. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, say say what you're gonna say. <laughs> then you're gonna want to edit all that out of you making fun of me. No, you're not. No, leave no. it. <laughs> Screw you all. I'm going home. I have a cold. I had a long day. I'm sitting here drinking this disgusting echinacea throat coat tea so that I sound okay for you all. And Leah's being a dick. Welcome. You know, that's going to be the... <laughs> welcome, everybody. And welcome, Megan, who is not actually Afternoon or Megan. But we've got BTS Megan with us today. Yes, because we are very happy to have you, BTS Megan. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I love talking about K-dramas. And I'm very excited to talk about this one. Afternoon of Megan did not watch the drama that we're discussing today. So we pulled in a sub, Megan, for the day. <laughs> Which is good. Because yes. I think we need to have balance. I just wanted to and- say, I just want to say really quick that I have been begging for about two years for any of you ladies to watch a Song Kang drama. And I'm just excited that it has finally happened whether you like it or not. Well, the funny thing is, because Megan, when you and I, was it, was it, we were, it must have been like during a room discussion when we were doing Destin with you and something came up about like our top like people and you mentioned Song, Song Kang and I'm like, I don't even know who he is. Like, I, I've never seen him before. I've never seen him in a drama. And like two minutes into the first episode of My Demon, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> So very happy. Um, But before we get to the drama, I wanted to um, just run a little bit of advertising by you um, that I saw on my way home from work today and ask you both what you think about it. I don't I mean, I pass a lot of billboards. There's a lot like I drive on the tollway to get home from work and there's tons of billboards. But then there's also a lot of billboards right when I get off the tollway and I'm sort of like getting closer to the town that I live in. And so it's more like local advertising. Like when I'm on the tollway, you see a lot of stuff like by the airport and like big big businesses and stuff like that. But this was for a local like pool and patio store, right? And I live in the suburbs of Chicago. So the only time we need stores like that are like not for a while, right? Like it's February, it's cold. Nobody's going outside in a pool. Maybe you're putting in a hot tub. I don't know. But here was the billboard. It was a beautiful like pool, sun glistening, a woman floating on like one of the big those big like unicorn floaties. Mm-hmm. And the slogan on the top said, "You'll be wet in a week." That's some nice suburban advertising there, don't you think? I think I'd be like, "Well, I want to be wet now." <laughs> I was in the car with my son, <laughs> so I couldn't even react cuz I'm like with my son and his friend who was driving home from their track meet. I'm like, "If I react, I'm going to have to explain why I'm reacting." Yeah, and you and don't want to have we, that mom yeah, calling Yeah, no, we don't want to have that conversation. Well, that is hilarious and such a fun play on words. I had a similar experience this over the summer here in Fresno. A local vet's office ran a built one billboard that I saw anyway on my part of town. And on one side, 
it says, does your kitty itch? And on the other side, it says, does your wiener have a rash? And it was a cat and a wiener and a dog. dog. <laughs> and we live, I live in a very conservative part of California. Like Fresno at one point in time was considered the Bible Belt of California because we have literally a church like almost on every corner. And I remember looking at my 16-year-old daughter and saying, what is the over-under on how long that billboard's going to stay up? And the following weekend when we went back by it, it was gone. And I just, I felt like I should have called them and been like, I, I'm going to give you my business because this billboard is hilarious. I mean, that's good advertising. You're going to remember that. The, I'm going to, re- I, was gonna I say, never, they have, I don't have a yard that needs a pool, but I will always remember that pool and patio shop for you'll be wet in a week. I feel like they used restraint in Fresno because they pulled up from the pussy, which is where they should have taken right. it. And they were so I mean, to me, they were going classy. I felt like that, too. But again, we live in a very conservative part of California. And so I just knew I was like, there's no way this billboard is staying up very long. And it didn't. But it was still cute. And my my two girls still talk about it to this day. So funny. I like it. So we are not talking about kitties or wieners today. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> speak for yourself. Okay. We're we're not going to let our feelings show just yet. We will get there. There is time to get to the good stuff. But because I don't have a classy segue and I'm tired. I'm just going to say, we're talking about my demon today. And you all knew that because you saw the title of the podcast before you hit play anyway. So all these times we're trying to do our fancy segues doesn't even really matter because you know what we're going to talk about. There's no surprises here. So as always, we will start our deep dive by keeping things spoiler free. And we'll give you a heads up after the K-pop wreck to remind you that we are heading into spoiler town. But for now, here is a bit about my demon. My Demon is a late 2023, early 2024 Netflix drama that began airing in November and just wrapped up in January. Netflix sums the drama up in a pretty succinct elevator pitch that I actually like. A pitiless demon becomes powerless after getting entangled with an icy heiress who may hold the key to his lost abilities and his heart. Not bad, right? For an elevator pitch, one line elevator pitch. Netflix is doing okay. Yeah. So in a bit more detail, Dodo Hee, played by Kim Yoo Jung, is the successor to Future Group, much to the dismay of CEO Ju Chun Suk's children. Why? Because Do Hee is not a blood relative to Ju Chun Suk, played by Kim Hae Suk. For reasons revealed later in the drama, she is raised by Chun Suk after her parents die in a car accident, an accident for which Do Hee blames herself. Chunsuk constantly tries to set Dohee up on blind dates, and when Dohee finally agrees to one, she heads to the wrong restaurant and mistakes Jungwon, a demon who just wants to enjoy a meal and a slice of cake for her date. She has disdain for him because she thinks he's her setup, and he has disdain for her because she's human. After some hijinks, the two part ways until one fateful night when Dohee is being chased down the road by a man with a knife who is trying to kill her. Guwan, who only helps humans if they sign a contract that pledges their souls to Guwan in 10 years' time, 
helps Dohee with a quick verbal contract, but then the two plunge into the sea, something goes awry, and Guan's powers get trapped inside Dohee, only accessible when he holds her wrist. So, from a story setup standpoint, and based on nothing else that you know about this drama, mm-hmm. is this a good premise for a romance? I'll jump in first. So, yes. I also want to say that when I started this drama, I was in full possession of my faculties, but I was really sick. So I had RSV and flu. And I love like the intro music. I love the aesthetic. I liked the humor of their meet cute with the cake and like the mistaken identity part of it. Um, yeah, I, w- I found it very charming. Um, I love when there is a supernatural baddie who cannot stand whatever the other species is and just wants nothing to do with them at all and then becomes like a big old softie at some point. So I like the premise, um, but I was going to watch this in, no matter what. So I, I don't know that I'm a good judge at this point. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I, you know, we, we've talked many times before about my uh, predilection for paranormal romances in K-dramas. And so I love when I have the opportunity to watch one and get to know a new actor. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was down. And it was actually uh, Afternoon of Megan who watched first. She watched the first couple of episodes and was like, I am sold. I get it about Song Kang. Like, I'm totally in. And then she just dropped off (laughs) and never watched the rest of the drama. So are we throwing her under the bus? Yes. But that's okay. It happens. There's things that grab us and things that don't. And that's totally fine. Although it always seems that dramas that I am like gung-ho on and watch through to the end, Megan falls off of. But I... No, see, I feel like it's me, not Megan. (laughs) That you fall off of dramas that I love? I feel like that. Well, yeah, you too. (laughs) So really, I I just don't fit in this podcast is what you're saying. (laughs) No, I I think what happens is this has happened in like a few of the other dramas I've watched over the summer. And I don't know if this is like a new thing with like this, like 2023 going into 2024 dramas. But a lot of these dramas on paper when you're reading about them sound really, really good. And I'm not saying... I didn't like this drama because I really did. And I'm not saying it's not good. What I'm saying is, is that you get into it and there are like 7,500 subplots. And I think that's where people get turned off because if I'm being honest, like this one, Good Bad Mother, Castaway Diva, some of the dramas that I've watched this year, not only do they have this like main romance plot happening, they have other subplots with B characters. And you get to a certain point where you're like, I just want to see the main couple. I just want to know what's going to happen next. I just need the answer to the mystery. So, I mean, because I'm a Megan also, in Megan's defense, that might be what's happening because I understand. But, like, yeah, I don't know. There there are times, and, and I think this happens with anyone that you sort of, like, buddy watch dramas with. There are times where you totally converge and you're like, yes, this is it. And there are times that you don't. Um, so, I mean, just, this is just to say, like, Megan and I are both watching um, – Marry my husband right now and loving it. And we both watched um, A Shop for Killers and loved it. So, yeah, I mean, we do converge. She just started watching so many other things. She's like, eh, I'm not going back to my demon. 
<laughs> I'm like, that's okay. I have another Megan. <laughs> you know what? I just realized as you said this, because I did not know something, that I just gave a listener terrible information today. What did you do? So I have to apologize to this listener and circle back to them. Somebody wrote and said, Amy's watching a shot for killer. I'm so surprised. It's really violent. And I said, oh, no, Amy's definitely not watching a shot for killers. That's just Megan. Nope. I watched the whole thing and I loved it. Okay, so apologies, listener. And I will circle back to you on Instagram to say, I don't know what the the left doesn't know what the right hand is doing. (laughs) I will say this about a shot for killers. And this is how I this is how Megan sold me on it, is that a lot of the violence is off camera. You know what's going on. You can hear stuff. But because it's happening in the presence at the time of a 10-year-old girl and she's hiding, you don't see a lot of it. You see some aftermath and stuff like that. But I will say that out of the eight episodes that there were of A Shot for Killers, they saved the on-screen violence for seven and eight. (laughs) There was plenty of it. And it was pretty brutal. Um, but it, I was, I was already like, I was down. I was in for this story and I loved, loved, loved Irongok in this drama. And I can't wait. There better freaking be a season two. Um, but yeah, Megan's oldest me is John Wick. And like, I've seen all the John Wicks, but I watch them with my son who does not ever have to cover his eyes for anything on the screen and who can tell me when John Wick, you know, is like done shoving a pencil in a guy's ear or something like that, you know? But yeah, it is violent towards the end, but not so bad in episodes one through six. And I did watch it. All of it. My demon is not violent at all, you guys. For as I much I mean, it's a little it's violent, but like very milk. Yeah, like, like, like not like not like gory violent. Like there's yeah. murders, there's stabbings, like <laughs> face burning. Face burning that is comical, I will say. Um, well, it depends on whose face it is. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I was laughing at that point. Let's be honest. Um, we might be talking about different people's face burning more than one, more than one, pe- more than one person gets burned in this. We'll get, yeah, there. we'll get there. We'll get to we'll the get face there. burning. Let's. <laughs> okay. Smell so agree. It's a good setup for a story. Okay. And this is kind of going to what Megan was saying before about she was going to watch this no matter what the blurb said. Did you come to this drama for the story or for the cast? Megan, why don't you answer this one? Because I think we know. Um, I started watching this drama for two words, Song Kang. Um, because I feel like he is so overlooked um, as a K-drama actor and lead. I watch four things that he, this is the fourth drama that I've seen him in. And I'm just going to try to sell people on him really quick. Um, he has got in, incredible abs in this and he takes, it's not really a sad shower. He just is in a steamy shower, I guess. Um, and he plays, um, the big golden retriever energy, like really well at one point. And so look, he is really good to look at, but he's also a really good actor. And I, any chance I will get, I will talk about Navalaria because still at this point, I think it's his best drama. Um, and I just, I mean, I would have watched this if, like it could have been worse. It could have been way worse. And I so I mean, I know Leah's name tonight is no, really, I hate it, but I'm just saying like for me, it could have, it could have gone sideways. And I just would have been like, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still watching it. 
So I would say I watched it for the premise, which, you know, intrigued me. Song Kong, no, okay. <clears throat> no hate on Song Kong, but I just, I think, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't, he's obviously a attractive fellow. But I don't know. I just was never like, oh, yeah, I need to, like, see him do much. And so I was kind of, like, negative to neutral, probably negative neutral. Within two seconds of the drama starting, I was like, I get it. Like, it's one of those. We've talked about other actors that you need to see it to believe it. it. That's That was Eamon Ho for me. Like Eamon Ho. I feel like it was very Eamon Ho where I was kind of like, you know, of course he's an attractive person, but I'm just kind of like, meh. In some ways, it was almost like he was, like, too cute and pretty that I was like, I don't know what it was. There was just something where I was just kind of like, I don't know. I really liked him. I thought he did a great job. I thought his performance, he did great throughout. Um, so when I say my screen title tonight is, at this point, no, really, I hate it. I did have this was horse shit and got kicked out, so I've changed it. I'm not coming for Song Kong on this. No. Um, and then I also actually really like um, Kim um, Kim Yoo Jung, who I have seen only I haven't seen most of their dramas like I did. I haven't seen Backstreet Rookie. I'm not going to. It's been panned pretty consistently. Um, but I did see Love in the Moonlight where they played a eunuch and I love a gender bending historical trope a lot. And they were really fun in that. And so that was a nice surprise to see them pop up um, in the drama, too. And then, look, I'm always going to like uh, Lee Sang-yi, um, who needs to stop being the second yes. male yes. all the time. Megan and I were talking but, about know, this, yeah. Was our amazing second male lead in Hometown Cha-Cha-Cha yes. and became the secondest, mostest, leadest, manist ever in my demon. Like, truly. <laughs> like, dear Jesus God. Yeah, I mean, like, he... Yeah. No one's second male leaded harder except for him in hometown cha cha cha. <laughs> he second male leaded so hard to the extent where he was falling for Guan too. Like he got it. He's like, of course, you're gonna pick this amazing demon over me. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I mean, I look, I I knew about the drama. Obviously, because it was like new and it had just dropped. And like afternoon of Megan started it and she's like, I get like the whole Song Kong thing. And I'm like, I have to watch this for BTS Megan because she's been talking about this guy to me. And I'm like, I'm looking him up. I'm like, like you, Lee, I'm like, he's pretty. He's really pretty. Like, but it's like the second he walks on screen and starts talking and like that exasperated demon who just wants to dine alone in a fancy mm -hmm. restaurant with his cake with his, with cake. his fancy cake and he just he the way that he changes throughout from like exasperated demon to total golden retriever is amazing mm -hmm. yeah i just want to say too that at his age i feel like he's very young and the dramas that I've seen him in, he has played such different characters in all the dramas. Some of the dramas were great. Some of the dramas were, mm, they've, they've been panned. They've been talked about. Um, but I will say that he has a really good acting range that you don't really get to see here in My Demon. Obviously, it's like a rom-com mystery. Um, but he's just a cutie. And he, you know, went from like being a ballet, a ballerino to being like 
kind of a fuck boy to being like a demon. And so I, I love it. Give me more. Yeah, he, he gives good demon. Yeah, he does. He gives good black trench coat. <laughs> um, what would you say is a good comp for this drama if you're trying to sell it to someone? Which, Leah, I know you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to deem uh, to goblin this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't. No. You- I would say if you enjoyed something about 1% or personal taste... Which are the two dramas that my uh, Megan, so hard. Afternoon of Megan and Amy pan so hard. I now have one <laughs> because I think like people were like, oh, but you didn't like Cafe Minim Dong and you didn't like the um, Sound of Magic. True. I didn't. But they did not leave me enraged. More just like, meh, I didn't like them. Today I will be unpacking that I finally have a drama that I hate enough that it will talk about forever. So thank you, my demon, because I fucking hated it. And I did a poll on our Instagram to see if people could guess. 45% of people guessed my demon. So either they're good guessers and they've deduced by, I don't know, knowing what I've been watching. Or other people hated it too. I stayed away from spoilers because I kept hearing there were these big spoilers. I'm not going to, I felt let down. I was kind of like, I was expecting some big spoilers because people were like, whoa, whoa, just stay away. I'm like, okay, I'm staying away. Yeah, there were spoilers. The spoilers is episode 16 is a fucking dumpster fire. (laughs) And I will explain why. When we get to the spoiler section. Yes. Yes. We will let you have at it. That's all I have to say for right now. I'm going to save it. Okay, so I am not going to give that much of a hot take. What I will say is, funny story, um, I've only seen Kim Yoo Jung in historicals or adjacent historicals, like this one. So if you liked Love in the Moonlight um, and the terribly underrated Lovers of the Red Sky, you will like her in this. She plays the same type of modern day, like, plucky, determined heroine. Um, And so I think if you liked... Her in Love in the Moonlight, or if you watched Lovers of the Red Sky and you liked how she was, the kind of character that she played, I think you'll like this too. Because she's basically playing like kind of the same determined female lead um, with a man in her life. Um, And just as a side note to people that are listening, um, I watched Lovers of the Red Sky because I thought I was watching The Red Sleeve because they dropped at the same time. And I was too far in to back out um, of Lovers of the Red Sky. So I just went for it. And then I watched uh, The Red Sleeve way later. But Lovers of the Red Sky was my first on Hyo Soap uh, drama. So it worked out. I just... I was like, there's nothing the- wrong with looking at him for 16 to 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will say, no, I'm... I mean, they they tr- they tried to be goblin-esque but nothing is goblin except goblin but i will say if you want a paranormal romance you know with a a, an in a non-human um hero and a human um heroine that's pretty light on the emotion i would go for my love from the star because yeah yeah you know say except i didn't hate that one (laughs) i know you didn't (laughs) 
Um, and we we liked Myla from the start a lot. Um, with villain, it's a similar kind of villain though. It a very similar kind of villain, which we will get to. This drama does have the worst kind of villain. Um, and, and we'll get to that. Very similar. Um, I I think I feel like I brought that up. I feel like I brought that up, but it, it reminded me of the brother like twisting his ring. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, very light. Um. Silly kind of villain, sadly. I-, I hate when that happens. I like villains who have depth, and we'll we'll get to that later. But yeah, um, my, my love from the star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is this. Is, I think that we're gonna start getting into like some hot button stuff here. Um, and some of these questions I wrote before I even knew that Leah hated this. So we'll see how it goes. So Jungwon used to be human but has been a demon for 200 years now and pretty much identifies as all demon. He grants you a wish. (laughs) His identity is all demon. (laughs) His identity is full demon. He grants you a wish in exchange for your soul, which will send you to hell, but he doesn't come to collect for 10 years. So what you wish for, you get, and you get to reap the benefits of that wish for 10 years. Of course, everyone signs the magical contract and then tries to reason with Guan a decade later when he comes to collect, but they always lose. Do you think there's any wish worth selling your soul to the devil? I mean, I'm not even going to go for the low-hanging fruit of, like, BTS Sugar putting his finger in my mouth, getting to, like, have barricade seats. I mean, like, tempting, tempting. However, they show hell. And hell is a fiery pit of torture hell. So I don't think I would actually like, no, I don't want that. Here is where I need to be very careful threading the line. I'm just going to speak hypothetically. If I had a child suffering and dying of horrible, painful disease. Yeah, probably I would do it. I agree. And I, again, like Leah said, like low hanging fruit, like it's very easy to be like, I want this. I want that. Like, give you know, grant my wish. And then in 10 years, I mean, 10 years is quick. Like 10 years goes by so fast, which we saw in this drama. Like these people are shocked that 10 years is up. They're like, what do you mean? It's time for me to go. I'm not ready. They're like hiding. Um, But yes, there were some instances in this drama where it was to save the life of a child or to save the life of someone that they loved and that I can understand I mean Guwan is a very attractive demon and I I mean I might sign on the dotted line for less if he's the one making me sign but I don't think there's anything other than the life of a loved one because it's like that's really great that I was at barricade for BCS or whoever. And then in 10 years, he comes to collect. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah, 10 years is a very short time. I don't think, like, even if all of your wildest dreams come true for those 10 years, that is a blip on the radar of life for, for many people. Um, and, and I agree. If it was to, to save the life of, of a loved one, Absolutely. You know, there are, especially my children, I definitely, you know, put my life before theirs. Um, But yeah, I mean, except for a couple of 
key like moments in this drama, almost everyone, almost everyone is just like greedy for money. And they are like, you know, make me rich and, you know, powerful. And they get that for 10 years and they're like, what? Now I have to go to hell? Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I have a question because like, I don't know if it wasn't clear or maybe I missed it. Um, Mr. Park, his like Puck right Buck hand. you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like the best. I, I love the name. We, I, we'll get to that. <laughs> but Mr. Park, I'll just call him Mr. Park for right now. I am, is Mr. Park currently in a 10-year cycle? Because I feel like Mr. Park has had a lot of 10-year cycles. So did he just, like, no. re-up Mm-mm. his 10-year cycle? Mm-mm. Like, he I just have... re-signs every time, and he's like, I'll we, just sign. I think, we, I think we need to save this for the spoiler. This is part of the quibbles that I will be okay. unpacking. Because I don't know about that either. Because I forgot that he's been yeah, around because I, I think what it is, is it's called bullshit. Because That's... because if you because if you can do it for 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 <laughs> mm, okay mm, we'll get there mm. we'll get there okay we'll we'll get there <laughs> yeah but I call that paranormal bullshit tree <laughs> okay well let's talk about something that you did like before you didn't like the drama Leah because you brought this up to me so I wanted to give you a chance to talk about mm-hmm. it which is Guwan's room of clocks which represents all of his contracts and you know the clocks mm. ticking on them um what did you think of that room when you first saw it stunning i mean it's still probably my favorite part of the drama was just how beautiful it was how kind of like eerie it is i liked when like time was up for at least the baddies or people who'd made bad choices you know your clock goes and then like your clock dissolves into fire because you're off to burn in a hell pit forever there's this is not like this is like old testament hell like hardcore like we're not talking about like the catholic circles of hell like this is not dante's inferno where like you're gonna either be like the purgatory baby floating around in kind of like a mildly cool temperate you know bleak land at the very outside like the unbaptized babies kind of hang out in that area we're talking like they go straight to like yeah this is like the hell bridge in in uh tale of nine tailed like yeah yeah there's just no there's no like there's no like oh you yeah, no you're just going right in there's the no medium place there's no good place no. bad place medium place it's just hell no nope, it's just fucking yeah. hell yeah yeah fiery and so that's a bummer but i was able to get past that part of it for the beauty of the clocks yes yeah i mean if you haven't seen it um you know guan has this office and then there's like this you know these doors that open to this room of like seemingly infinite clocks like i don't know how like where this ceiling comes from because like these clocks go on forever and obviously there's you know some magic going on but it is it's visually stunning and so that's something that i will point out because with with the the goblin the hating on the goblin comparisons and i don't know if this is totally accurate or not because i don't remember where i read it but i read that goblin and my demon shared a cinematographer um which is which would make some sense as to why some of the imagery was similar um but the clocks i thought was really unique although it did kind of remind me of reaper's tea shop it had that kind of feel to me yeah very much i think it was like the colors and just kind of like dark and like mysterious and i don't know i kind of like watching him walk in in the room with the clocks because he it's like 
you like you look at the clock and you don't know whose clock it is, but it's like he knew. And so he is like watching like, oh, there's only X amount of time on this one and only X amount of time on that one. And I just thought that was really interesting. And it was kind of an interesting take on his contracts because, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but when he, you sign a contract and he gives it to you, once he takes the contract back, it like burns away. Oof, yeah. Like it disappears. So it was like, oh, well, how does he keep track of all these people? Well, everybody has on a timetable and has a clock and it's beautiful and uh, the styling is great. Um but I mean, Goblin's Tea Shop is way better. Okay. So last episode, we talked about tropes, um, specifically the tropes of fake relationship and marriage of convenience, both of which play a part in my demon. Um, without, you know, giving, you know, we can stay spoiler free here, but there's still some things we can bring up. Um, you know, if you like a little stuff that I put in parentheses, we can talk about that. Um, do you think that these tropes of, fake relationship and marriage of convenience because they do both um serve a good purpose in the drama yes because the drama look if i just say a spoiler free like hot take and how i personally experienced this drama was this is good this setup is good this concept is good this hot like if you were going to high concept pitch this okay i'm turning in a book tonight like a book I've written to my editor. And I always, this is always like a fraught period for me because I'll feel like, okay, you got this book, you acquired it based on a high concept pitch I gave you. And then I basically was like, here, you know, here's the premise, here it all is. And you're like, oh, it's all feeling good. It's fun. What I don't want to ever have happen is what happened to me in watching this, where I'm like, this is good. And then I like see a little bit and I'm like, yeah, I'm liking it. Like, this is good. I like the setup. I like this trope. I think the tropes are working all well. And then to me, it got kind of mid. And I was like, mm, you know, this is really just kind of like dragging out a little bit. But like, it's still OK. Like, I'm not unhappy. I'm just kind of like, I'm not at the edge of my seat. Some dramas are just going to be like, oh, I'm enjoying it. Fine. But like, it's not going to change my life. It's pretty. And the concept still is holding enough for me. And then you hit that like, oh, no, the whole thing just fell completely apart and it's all horrible. So, I mean, it's my worst nightmare personally as an author to like give that to my editor. And if she comes back and is like, so by the time I got to the end, I fucking hated everything and everyone in this book. I'm going to be like, actually, I'll be like, you know what? I can fix that. I can do what my demon did not do, which is I can fix it. <laughs> well, lucky for you, Leah, we we do have episodes. Um we have an episode somewhere on our calendar for rewriting an ending. And I feel like you should probably mm. take this one. Um, but agree, like you can have a very high concept that sounds like a fantastic idea and then have no idea how to really execute on it well. Um, there's also the fact that, you know, many of these live dramas are being written as the episodes are coming out. And all you know is you have that high, you know, that that um, high concept premise. And then you have 16 plus hours to fill. And it's like, how are we going to keep that going? And I think that a lot of dramas have a hard time doing that, um, keeping the story going. We do get to a saggy middle, but and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not defending this one, but what I'm, because I agree with, with where some of this fell apart. Oh, so what I'm saying is the saggy middle, the, like, look, I could accept it. Like I was kind of like, man, it's a little saggy. I know it didn't stick the landing. Like, right. We could have just sagged the whole way out. We could have just like not stuck landing, like, oh, 
No, we didn't not stick the landing, my friends. We did not not stick like we made active choices. That Megan and I were just like, meh. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I could have handled, like, I was expecting us to just kind of like, meh, slide out. And I'd be like, yeah, it was all right. I mean, like, yeah, whatever. So it's fine. I didn't expect them to be like, no, let's really just, let's make it fucking horrible. She is furiously texting me as she's watching the last episode. She's like, don't even fucking tell me that this is what's happening. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't a slide. It was like, ah, let's make some conscious choices. I would just add that I like, I like fake dating, marriage contract tropes. I love that. I love forced proximity. Those are like some of my favorites. What I will say, though, is in the beginning, she actually told everyone that he was the bodyguard. Um, and so I was kind of wondering if I was going to go towards that. And then it was like, oh, fake dating. And then it was like marriage contract, which I'm fine with all of those if it fits the drama. And I think that this fit in really well um, because I think it really highlighted their chemistry and it brought some comedy um, into the rom-com part of it because he's kind of a mess around her and she's kind of a mess around him. Like they it's like working towards their chemistry together. And so I just thought that that was helpful. Um, To me, their chemistry and their interaction together is why I tuned in every week to watch the two episodes drop, because um, I will admit there were some parts of it that I just kind of skipped, like fast forward 10 seconds, 10 seconds, because I just wanted to see the two of them together. And I just wanted to know how it ended. Um, And I didn't have the same reaction as Leah, but I mean, I got to the end and, you know, here we are. So. Yeah, I, I will say I did. I, I like the tropes. I, I too, I was excited for the bodyguard part of it. I'm like, yes, like we've been talking about like wanting like a bodyguard mm. romance, but that ended really quickly because of what was written in to the story, which was that she had to get married in order to become CEO. And that's not a huge spoiler. Like that happens pretty early on. Um, and so then, yeah, that did that added some great comedy. Their marriage was funny because it was like a complete contract marriage. And like, I I thought the wedding was like really funny. Um, I, I love like he was because he was still like disdainful demon at that point. And like the fact when she tried to get him to like pose as her boyfriend, like or pose as her fiance, and she's like, I'm going to marry him. And he was like, uh, not interested. <laughs> and it was really funny to see him go from that to like total puppy dog was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So the yeah the tropes worked for me. Um, I really liked the bodyguard portion of it, um, and wish that would have lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, but oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Okay, so we already brought him up. Let's let's talk about him, Mister Park, as we say with our American accent. Um, Guan's right hand man has a name. That is played for laughs because the way that you pronounce it is Pak Bakyu. And people are, mm-hmm. every time he introduces himself, they think that he's swearing at them. And he's like, Bakyu, Bakyu. Lowbrow humor or funny? I thought it was funny. And I especially thought it was funny that um, Dodo, his assistant, 
really like played into it in the beginning and she purposely got his name wrong and I just thought that was funny because they really didn't like each other which was great it just as the drama goes on but I just thought it was funny that like yes every time he met a new person that's what they would say but she really picked up on it and she really held tight to that name um and any chance she got she said it and it was pretty funny I mean, yes, I thought he was funny enough. It's not my like favorite kind of humor, but like he's cute. Here's my quibble with it is less the humor and more that I feel like I didn't need the 40s second leads. Like, why do we have to make it like buffoonery? Like, I just good like, point. that's why a good can't point. they that's just a good like. Point. And so I think that was it more like I don't mind if he was lighthearted and funny and kind of slapsticky if he could have had something that felt slightly tender. It felt like the romance was so cartoonish to me. And like the actress is 48 in real life. He's 45 in real life. They are. They're like, not again, old we're people. Just in the, yeah. We're, and even if they're old people, like old people are buffoons. <laughs> and so like. We're not in, like, the unsee of sexual desirability. Like, I'm like, let them have – I wish they could have had just, like, it be a little bit less of a joke that they were, like, finding something with each other. Like, it could have been, like, kind of funny and then sweet. I just needed something that made it feel like they weren't just a fucking joke. But that – I mean, this is not why I'm mad. Yeah, no. Like, I, but I agree. Like, their, kinda like, their whole romance was played for laughs. It, it what made it mid for me as opposed to hating it and i would just add that it's kind of sa- not sad but like disappointing because um destined with you right that's the rowan that we watched is not what it was called they had a secondary couple that was more middle-aged they were younger than both amy and they I. were um, i mean it was crazy yeah and they did play it up for middle age but while they were a little slapstick, they did have heart in that relationship. And that was a really fun one to watch. So I had some high hopes for this couple, just because I'm always excited to see older, quote unquote, older, um, lead, like secondary leads fall in love, because I don't know that um, they k-drama really plays up on that like i have yet to see a really good drama where the leads are a little bit older um i did watch 39 which 39 i'm way past that but 39 was great up to a certain point because it did highlight love in your quote-unquote middle age or older act like older leads um but i agree like this was just kind of like this couple was a little too slapstick like I agree like it was fun and it was played for laughs but I would have liked to see a little bit more heart yeah I agree with the the destined with you it was still played for comedy but they did give them a little bit a little bit more depth to that I think a drama that does a little bit better of a job with I I, I hate like saying older because I'm talking about people like in my age range Uh, but does a little bit older with like a secondary older romance is alchemy of souls I think that they do a little bit better job there. Yeah. I like that. Um, and Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen just like some tenderness, like yes. funny, funny, and then just like a moment of real vulnerability that I'm like, oh, they actually do. Yeah, exactly. Like the Alchemy of Souls, where there's some moments where you're like, oh, but it's kind of real. Even even if they still like. They still were comic relief. Have people. They- 
yeah, why can't we just have people who are over 28? <laughs> like, look, look, I just went love. back to I just went back to love to hate you because, of course, I, I love Uteo now after past lives. And I'm like, thank you for a, you know, 40 plus man like, you know, I mean, he's like 42. But like, thank you for like a mature hero who is gorgeous and like having a leading romance and not, you know, making him the the funny older man. Um, and same same with same with um with uh the second lead. Oh my god, what's his name from from Flower of Evil? Um, oh my gosh blanking right now but he's older too and i'm like yeah these like let's let's give like the women in that age category though too the same consideration because our heroine is not that old um but still like yes people in their 40s are not buffoons i speak from experience so there you go mm. <laughs> thanks for that leah mm. <laughs> um welcome Okay, so before we get to our K-pop rec and our spoiler section, I just want to ask if anybody else gets the flutters when Jungwon says Nodohi. He could read the tax code to me, and I would get the flutters if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, but also, I just love that he always used her government name, which I just thought was hysterical. Like no matter what, and I don't, I can't remember, but I don't think he really even used like nicknames for her, right? It was always Dodohi. Yeah. No. So I loved it. I just. It's I, a fun name. I loved her name. Yeah. And he gets yeah, like. Me too. He could say it and be so like serious or scared or he just really turned on the dramatics with her name. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, well, well there's a part that I really love with that that we, we can get to later because I think there's, there's a part where I ask about like favorite favorite moments or favorite scenes. And that was one of them for me. Um, but yeah, I mean. He's got a very deep voice, and he uses that voice well. (laughs) We are now moving to our spoiler section. So if you are still here, you either have watched My Demon, or you've decided that you're not going to, but you want to hear some of us like it and some of us hate it. I mean, maybe maybe this is, you know, if you haven't watched it, you want to see if Megan and I are going to sell you on it or if Leah is going to sell you on not watching it and i i don't think i mean like i enjoyed the drama i'm not here to say you must watch it though it's not one of those that like i came away from saying oh my god everybody has to see this i do feel that way about destined with you and i'm still upset that you and megan won't watch that one but you know it's all right i might i'm I'm not against it it's just there's so many dramas i just don't understand how rowan can't be top on everybody's list i just i don't (laughs) i like, I, I brought that up. I mean, nobody likes my shit. Nobody watches my dramas. Nobody likes my people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because I did watch Faded to Love You. And I loved it. Okay, okay. I mean, that's not in my top five, but yes, yes, thank you. And I have watched almost everything in your top five, except for All of Us Are Dead. Right? Have you watched me saying? Almost all the way. <laughs> okay and i didn't hate it i just left it because other things were happening so there um so you weren't compelled to finish no it. i'm not you, look i'm actually i'm not calling you out megan and actually you have a drama that you keep recommending me that i keep forgetting 
that I need to watch, which is the priest one. I swear it's a priest one. It's an old one. Why am I thinking there's it's, a priest involved? Um, It's You're Beautiful. It's not a priest. Yes. It's, but okay. she was... Okay, so it's called You're Beautiful, and it is... Sorry for the sidebar, but it's really funny because it's very... It's like Boys Over Flowers old. Like, it, way before. And Park... Uh, Unfuckably old. Uh, yeah, that, that old. No. But um, everybody in the drama uh, must be in their late thirties by now. No, because uh, what's her name is in a park. Well, Park Shin High. So like thirty four. Um. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she plays a. Uh, she's in like seminary school. She's going to the convent to be a nun. She has a twin brother who is a. So she is studying to be a nun in a convent. Her brother, her twin brother is about to debut as an idol and he has an accident and he has to go to the United States to have like total face surgery. And if the manager doesn't get this idol to debut, like everybody loses their job, the makeup artist, the clothes, like everybody's losing out. So they go and pluck her out of this convent to play her twin brother. Oh, that's fantastic. In an idol group. And it is so bad it's good it has to be one of her first dramas all the other people in the drama i don't think i've seen them in anything else and i got it wrecked from like i don't know someone on instagram and i just i thought it looked interesting because the way they are styled they're styled in like debut bts so she looks like debut jk and i was like well i have to watch this like i have to see how this works out and that's it's it's so bad it's good that's all I'm going to say. It's so bad. It's good. But anyway, I have watched some of Leo's dramas in my defense. You have. You have. I you. I was never calling you out, though. Just me. <laughs> That's okay. We like what we like and we can't help it. Okay. We've kind of already talked about this, but like, you know, let's just start with the courtship between Guan and Dohee. Um, Did you think they had good chemistry? Did you have a favorite romantic moment between them before you hated the drama? <laughs> or didn't hate the drama. I liked their meat. I thought their meat was cute. I liked the cake. I liked the kind of like hate to love you, like have to be connected to you. Up until about episode five or six, I thought it was cute and promising. I will say he has beautiful, he has a, like one of those bodies, it's like uh, Emma Stone's quote from uh, Crazy Stupid Love, yes. where like Ryan Gosling, Kate takes his shirt off and she's like, you photoshopped? Like, he's got like a photoshop. You look photoshopped, yeah. I will say, though, that when they had like their sexy times and like he got his shirt off and he was all just like perfectly beautiful, I felt pretty much nothing. I was like, so that's where I feel like the chemistry went off. Like, not nothing that like he wasn't selling it to me. I just felt like their chemistry to me, I was just kind of like, meh. Like, I wasn't feeling it. By the time we got to sexy time, I was like... C plus interested. Um, I liked their chemistry. I thought it was they did they had really good chemistry. What I really enjoyed was how clingy he became um to her and how he was like very demanding. And one of my like favorite things that he did like mid drama is that he just started referring to himself as her husband like I'm her husband I'm her husband and I just thought that was really cute um and I 
thought they were spicy together, Leah. But I understand what you're saying because this is my quibble with most dramas is that the male lead will always take off a shirt and the female lead is still fully clothed. And listen, I get it. There's probably some censorship things, whatever, but it's just really hard for me to really believe 100% because the girlfriend has her buttons buttoned all the way to the top and he's just skin. So like sometimes... I have a hard time with that. But I did enjoy them together and I did enjoy their chemistry. And I thought he was really cute when he finally caved and had that golden retriever energy. Yeah, I thought they had good chemistry too. Um, I I enjoyed the sexy times. I didn't think it was super spicy. It was, I mean, like, look, I'm still I'm still high off of the cotton candy kiss in Destined with You. Like that. Like, nothing is going to top that for me for a really long time. But I will say where I thought their chemistry really shined early on was in the tango scene. I fucking loved the tango scene. So if... Okay, yes. The tango scene. I forgot about... I forgot about it. That was probably the best part of the drama and I'd forgotten. Yeah, because it was like episode four, I want to say. It was pretty early. So if you haven't seen the drama or you don't remember the tango scene... Um, Gu- so one of the big things that happens here is that Guan loses his powers, right? They somehow get transferred to Dohee and he can only use his powers when he's touching her. And he is being chased by like a whole like, you know, mob of, of, you know, bad guys who want to make him pay for killing their boss who had made a deal with him or whatever. Um, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him, um, because he has no powers because Dohee is nowhere, you know, he, they're not by each other and she chases after him and finds him and comes to his protection and runs up to him so that he can grab her wrist and recharge i love when they call it recharging like i freaking loved that i thought that was so sweet like especially when they just be laying in bed and he's like i'm just recharging like i loved it um but he recharged got his powers and then he beat the shit out of all these baddies as they're tango dancing and it was gorgeous it was like you know really colorful like the cinematography was fantastic like say what you will about like anything that's like a goblin ripoff on here the tango was its own thing and i loved it Mm -hmm. the recharging was cute because that's kind of how in the beginning when he i feel like he started to develop feelings for her that was his excuse to be like around her he'd be like oh i need to recharge and she's like again you just recharged like no i I'm depleted. Let me recharge. That was very cute. Yes, I loved it. The recharging was great. Okay, so Dohee and Guwan have a past life connection. Um, What do you think of this storyline? And did it play well into the present day relationship between um, Guwan and Dohee? And this is where I'm just going to throw out there and and I, I'm coming from like, I'm not a very religious person, like at all. Um, and the past life connection has a lot to do with like Christianity and, you know, early, you know, early belief in Christianity, um, and, uh, and how people were punished for that. Um, you know, his tattoo where all his power is, is a cross, like there's a cross connection between them. Um, and, I will say, at least from the standpoint of somebody being who, you know, not super religious, I still was very like into this storyline and 
and it it was I thought it was pretty powerful. But anyway, what did you guys think about their past life connection? Well, I'm not surprised you got sucked into some of the religious trappings of it simply because part of like the the parts of the Christianity theme that they wrapped in were was it's like the theatrical bits. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like they kind of brought in that. Functionally speaking, it makes no absolutely no sense and for see, I would not know to have a cross on I, his wrist. I would not know. Like I would not know. And they any. never make it make sense. Yes. Again, I could have lived without it. I f- I felt like there was much that was coming to be explained with the religious imagery and the religious parts because I was raised Catholic and there was like a lot of the Catholicism, like him at the beginning going into the church. Like I felt like we were going to see some like full circle. I don't think that I was going to see like Jesus come and like let people out of hell, but I was expecting there to be a little bit more of an explanation because like, okay, we have homeless God just chilling the whole time, like desperately needing a fucking tooth cleaning and a facial, like to the point that I was like, I'm sorry. It's just I don't know why they had to do that. Like I re- like. I don't. And then to just be like, beyond that, let's just have her wear that hat that says good with the O rubbed out. So it's God because really she don't get it. It's. <laughs> we just need to really and this is cha chung that. that we're talking and about God too. Is, like it doesn't like she's amazing she's amazing like whether you put like disgusting false teeth on her or not her. Yeah. underused yeah. even her voice even her so voice she had a talk in that like totally abrasive like <sighs> yeah yeah i'm a god and i'm a homeless person in the subway i love to live in my box <laughs> like i thought we were gonna see like that for a bit like okay god's like having some fun just doing her thing and then we're gonna like see some other stuff god's up to nah well, when, when, no. when he met with her at the we bar see god be fancy okay no, but like I'm saying, two I'm seconds she's he, like randomly beautiful well no when he <laughs> met with her at the bar what i thought she was saying is you know like he she was saying like you don't recognize me or something and then the camera like you know it does like a a, a wipe of her going from like you know her homeless get up to this beautiful cocktail dress and right and so what i thought so what i thought was going to happen was once he recognized her as god that we would see her in the beautiful cocktail dress for the rest of the drama but no we saw her sleeping in a box no i thought yeah i thought we'd see just like many facets of god yes and they were like eh, the budget we've used too much of the budget on the sword dancing which I liked. We had, I mean, I liked the sword dancing. Like, too much of it, yes. But, I mean, it was beautiful. But at that point, they're like, ah, no, God, this is God. Like, God's got one, like, we're just going to make God a one-trick pony. But, I mean, like, there was just a lot of stuff where it was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. And then it's not like we've got the demon book of, like, all the demon lore and, like, what you're going to be and, like, your how to be a demon guide. Meh, that went literally nowhere. They like take the book at one point. Meh. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? Like, why are you giving me all this? Like, we have God. We've got the devil. We've got this like mysterious cross tattoo. We have fucking hell. We've got the room of clocks. We got this book of lore of the demon. We know that like in the past, she was like killed for having this faith because they wanted to cross boundaries of society. Meh. Like, it's just like, 
let's not worry about like let's set it all up make it very compelling and then be like and let's not worry about they it. really did miss the boat on that because they had so much going with all of the the religious lore that they could have played that up and not like there was enough conflict of him being a demon her being a human that we didn't need much of the other silly villainy that we will get to yeah, they're like, but let's get to the what we don't have enough of is the boardroom and the sugary beverage company oh my stock God. prices. <laughs> okay, so I have a question because you guys are both in publishing. And so I feel like there's always trends that happen. And so a few years ago, I read like three books in a row and they were by authors that are normally like either women's fiction, like modern women's fiction, or like romance. And they kind of went a little outside of their normal range and were doing like murder mystery. And it was about the time where it was like after Girl on the Train and after like these kind of like psychological mystery books. So I always wonder like, oh, do publishers say, hey, this year, this is the pop, this is like a trend that's happening Maybe we should jump on this trend. And maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but it just like, there were like three people, I read their books, and all three had like this kind of addition of like a murder mystery. I, so, yes and no, because usually when you notice something is trending, by the time you get somebody to put out a new book on that trend, that trend is over. Um, But it can happen. It can happen. If, if, you know, if something's hot and your publisher's like, I know you could write this, it so can't. Yeah. So the only reason why I bring that up is because three of the dramas I watched in 2023 going into 2024 all had a historical subplot where the male lead is from the past coming into the future. The female lead has also a past life that crosses and there is a murder subplot involved that make you think that the male lead killed the female lead yes it happened in see you in my 19th life it happened in destined Destined with With you You, and it happened in this one my demon so this question just really made me think about that because again sometimes i see the patterns happen in more than one drama but i was just really taken aback that like the last three really talked about really popular dramas, probably because who was in them, the the, the lead characters, like the, the actors and actresses, were, it was very highly touted, like popular dramas they were talked about. Um, but all three of those have the same kind of historical subplot, which I don't hate. Um, but in this particular drama, I feel like the only reason it was there to was really to explain how he became a demon and like they could have told us that in the first episode. Yeah. On like honestly. And I me personally did not need Dodo He to be Wolshim. I think that's how you say her name from the past. Like I didn't really need because I'm sure Leah's gonna get into the all the past, all the times that he kind of was touched her life, like her life, I guess, from all her past lives. Um, so while I think it fit in. And it was really pretty, and it kind of explained why his um, foundation was really into this, like, sword dancing, because he was, like, on the lookout. Like, he just had this past love that did sword dancing. That kind of explained it. But, like, 
they could have told me in episode one why he became a demon and I would have been like, okay, cool, great. I do feel like the reason they made that connection um, is that it kind of fits why she might have been able to absorb his powers is because of that. That's the only reason. You know what I mean? Like, why did that happen with her rather than anybody else that he came across in 200 years? Um, but agree with like that conceit of d- did the hero kill kill the heroine in a past life in three very recent dramas? Um, I think it's easier to see that happen in a drama because they are written on the fly rather than, you know, books that are written, you know, at least six months to a year before they're published. Um, so it's harder to, you know, to jump on a trend in a book. But with a drama that's being written as you go, I think that you can see something in a drama and be like, ooh, I want to use that when I get to I, this episode. The, yeah, and I will say the books. I'm not going to say who the authors are, but I will say those books came out a little past the trend. So that's why I noticed it because I was like, oh, yeah, that's so that, that something is trying to jump on a trend. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so for the writers, since I don't we're not naming names on books, but what I will say is probably also with writers, too, is we often get pigeonholed into the books that we are expected yes. to write when we're published. So it could be like you are only going to write big chicken vampires. I'm just trying to think of something like, so I'm not, yeah, I don't know, just something random. Like you write big chicken vampires. Your whole thing is roosters who are vampires. Everyone reads you in that. That's what we know you to be. So when there's this thing of all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's this kind of like dark noir trend potentially. And you've always been like, oh, I kind of like writing other things, but I've been writing this like chicken vampire thing for a long time fuck yeah, like this might be my chance to like be out. That's where I think we see sometimes the idea that like in some ways it's like chasing trends, but in some ways you're like looking for like tools for your own liberation Absolutely, pu- traditional publishing. Absolutely. Okay, but now I want big um, chicken vampire. Seriously. <laughs> chicken vampires. Chickens who are like, buck, buck, bitches. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we got to get to the villain. <laughs> okay. Because, oh my goodness. Hey. So we've discussed our favorite villains on the pod before. And one thing that we've all agreed on is that a good villain is not a caricature. They have depth, a good backstory, and they aren't evil just for evil's sake. No Suk Min, played by Kim Tae-hoon, is the real villain behind all of the attempts on Do-hee's life. He's responsible for his own mother's death, his son's death, And he himself can't seem to die, no matter what happens to him. But the ultimate question is this. Good villain or caricature villain? Oh, I mean, he was a very bad villain. (laughs) The worst. It was. The worst. I was expecting. So here's the thing is that like, and this isn't even still, we're not even at the part why I hate the drama yet. So these are just like my quibbles. I know. I know. Okay. So my quibble here is that there was a while where I thought the drama was just kind of coming a lot smarter than it was. And so I was expecting, like, again, like the religious allegory stuff to kind of weave together in some interesting way. And then I thought with the villain, here's how off base I was. I think I even told you at one point. I was like, I think the villain might actually be um, Ju Sukun like the second male lead cinnamon roll. Because I was like, everyone else is so cartoonishly horrible. It has to be that guy. 
because everyone else is like too obviously evil. No. No. <laughs> That's not true. Well, and the bad, bad guy, guy is the bad guy. Well, and there was that the there was that part where he like she like ties his tie in the back of a car. And then the way that episode ends, he's like looking at the tie, he's like touching it, like rubbing it on his face. And I was like, oh, he's the one. He yeah. second mile lead, like he's the killer. He's gonna kill they the red Harrington big time. Yeah. And yeah, so I was very feeling that. And I mean, it was just aside from him just being a total like cartoonish caricature, we had this really creepy killer at first. Like this guy who like was, you know, uh, a makeup <laughs> right. artist actor who like would make fake faces and shit. And so they couldn't, you know, because like. And had bodies in the fridge. And, so many bodies in the fridge. And and the only way that Gu Wan can find you is by seeing your face. And so Gu Wan never was, was able to find this guy because he was wearing a fake face all the time. And then he nervously scratches the skin off the back of his neck. Like it was just creep-tastic. And I was like, this has to be going somewhere good. No, he's just a killer for hire who gets burned alive. It, it kind of. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they kind of borrowed. I forgot about him even. When you were talking about the burning, like there's more burning. I'm like, who? I forgot. There was like a whole half of the drama with like first burn victim killing. And I mean, again, this drama does borrow from a lot of other dramas because that first killer for hire is very strong woman Dobong soon. There's a whole killer in that that they wear a mask the entire time. That's why nobody can find him. So, like, again, and look, we, we're just I mean, borrowing. Like, right. And I will say as a writer, like, I am not faulting writers for, you know, picking up on a trope or, or picking up on an, on an idea. You know, like we're talking about, like, the past lives connection. We say that over and over again. If something works, we use it. And I've done that, too. Like, if I've seen something that worked in something that I read I try and think of a way that I can refashion that and use it in a book that I write because it's a good idea and it worked. And that's my tropes are tropes because they work. And so that's why so many of my books are second chance romances because second chance romance is something that I like and it works for my stories, you know? So not like, you know, there's, there's, you know, the old adage that there is no, you know, 100% original idea, but like I haven't seen strong women dobong soon so i didn't know that like that's a huge similarity from a very popular drama too so it's you know a face-off i mean come on there's always a face-off somewhere we love a face-off you've never seen face i also <laughs> i also think i have not <laughs> i also think but i've written a book with without... sorry i have a book I wrote a book with Amy. With me. I'm like, we wrote <laughs> our a book. Vill- where our villain does like a Like Mission face Impossible off. pulls the face <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Let's like, let's face off. It's fine. It's fine. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's fine. But like, if it's going to make you, if, if it's, if it's a call out to another drama that's like that strong, then it's just going to make you remember that other drama. And then you're going to compare the two. Like, we, like people are doing with Goblin in this one. I'm not just going to say the sun the baddie son was a way better baddie in my opinion mm-hmm. and had more boo-boos to be a baddie than yes. daddy baddie. Yeah. Daddy baddie was dumb. Daddy baddie just, he was already rich. Was- he just wanted to be CEO. This is all about just wanting to be CEO, which I, and I, like, my thing. I, I don't, uh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. You 
you fall off a clock tower from the top. Like really high up, like Empire State Building high. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you fall. There's no explanation to how you have lived, but you fall in a hundred. Like you should be a bag of marbly bones. Yeah. And they can't find you because apparently there's a river down there. I, I never saw the river, so I was a little confused, but they're like, he fell in the river. No. Well, I don't know. He must have because and swam but it doesn't safety. matter. Yeah. So he gets out, we see. I mean, this is a this is a more strenuous quibble. I could still live with it. It was boring, but like surprising. <laughs> was he I mean, like when you can't find the body, you're like, oh, you know, the guy's alive. you know, he's alive. Like nobody's even doubting that he's alive. But there's but there's nothing interest. Like I was like, ooh, is like some like paranormal aspect coming into play here now he just somehow fucking lives after falling a hundred stories that he he decides he's gonna die he's like ah i'm going to hell surprise no he's not but then when he lands he's like well i'm still gonna get my revenge because this is literally all i got that i care about now because like my reputation's ruined my son's killed himself i've killed my mom i mean i'm just a fucking bad guy i'm gonna walk to the closest homeless encampment which of course has a garbage fire going in like a tin garbage because yes and i'm just gonna be like you know what Fuck it. I'm going to burn the shit out of my face so the goblin or the goblin, the demon can't see me. <laughs> and I'm going to do it while I'm doing my evil <laughs> laugh. Like, <laughs> I'm going to burn my face. Now, now I've got you. OK, great. And then I'm going to be fine. Maybe. I almost thought that maybe he was going to be a, a demon because he's yes. the book. Yeah. So I was waiting. I was waiting for that. Yeah. No, the book, no one did shit with the book. <laughs> we kept looking for this book that never mattered. They were like, huh? And then he was kind of like, he was only half concerned. He's like, oh, my book's not, like my how to be a demon book is gone. And then it's like, well, clearly somebody's going to do something fucking crazy with the book. No. And then he gets it back and he's like, no, my book's back. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. If we were to, if, if we were to turn Suckman into, a demon, that would have been amazing. Like, de- yeah, demon like, against I thought demon that's villain. For sure, I thought. But like, you want to be a real like villain? A bad Here you go, dude. devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for that. Like, I was kind of waiting for that showdown between the two of them for, like, you know, someone to be damned to hell forever. Yeah. Yeah, to be the devil. Okay. So the big reveal, and we're finally going to let Leah get into it here. The big reveal that affects all aspects of Dohee's existence is this. Before Dohee was born, her parents were in an accident. Dohee's mother, pregnant with Dohee at the time, was dying, and Dohee's father couldn't get her to a hospital. Guan magically appears, and Dohee's father makes a deal with him to save his wife and thereby also saving her unborn child. Dohee learns of this, that her father didn't die because of the car accident like her mother did, but because Guwan showed up and collected on their deal. Her father survived the car accident only to be killed by a heart attack. Because that's how, the, that's how Guwan kills you. So now I, I must first state, before I let Leah run with this, that one of the rules of being a demon is that Guwan cannot bring people back from the dead or else he will spontaneously combust. So, 
with this rule in place that still doesn't really make sense. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You've given the you thank you for the logic there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. A, I, what are your thoughts on Dohi not only forgiving Guwan for damning her father to hell, but also claiming that he saved her twice, referring to her existence as Wolshim in their past lives as well? Even though he didn't save her in their past life because he got there too late. Not, not, not even a little bit. But go ahead, Megan. You can have it first. Um, so my issue with it is that on the one hand, I totally accept that he saved her while she was in utero. Great. Him saving her when she was Wolshim, like he, I feel like it was more of like, we were supposed to just make the connection that he like saved her soul because they were going to become Christians, I believe. And she was going to kill herself. Like that's, that's the only thing we found out from getting her point of view is that she was going to take her own life. And then she met him because she was a concubine. She was a concubine. Yes. But my quibble which I kind of forgot about because I'm like such a, you know, Song Kang. So I was like, he could do no wrong. But like one of my quibbles is he did save her because she got shot with a shotgun. So, right? Okay. So here, here's like, as I was trying to look stuff up to remember stuff about this, that's another sort of funny part of the ending, even though I was emotional in the moment. Yeah, she steps in front of the shotgun because Suckman has a shotgun. And she steps in front of Guan, who is immortal and would not have died had he been sprayed with <laughs> with the shotgun pellets. So that I found like a lot of funny discussions of people being like, why, why did she even jump in front of him? He would have been fine. But the reason why he ended up disintegrating is because he he did bring her back. Yes. And okay. The other thing about the I don't even know. Like I just like, I can they can they have was, a happy relate do you think they can have a happy relationship with her knowing that he sent her father to hell? Because that's what Leah's going to argue against. I mean, me personally, probably not. But Dodo he is really forgiving. And at some point in the drama, and I don't remember what part it was, but at some point in the drama, she really talks about you have to like keep going um, because I think that's what uh, Mama, CEO Mama had told her. I can't remember her, the character's name, was like, why dwell on the past? You have to just keep going and like live in the future, which makes sense when you cause the accident that her parents friggin' died in. Obviously, you want her to forget the past, but that's neither here nor there at this point. But I think for Dodo He, like her whole life has been moving forward. You can't let the past dictate what you're doing. So technically for her and her character, it makes sense that she'd be like, so you killed my dad anyway? Okay, I love you. Because that's how we get the HEA. And that's what we were supposed to get. Like, I think it was like just in the cards that we're going to get HEA and that no one was going to be like, wait a minute, stop the presses. This didn't. Who would do this? So for me, it wasn't my biggest quibble. I just had the quibble about, wait a minute, how is he still a demon when he was just supposed to ash? He was supposed to like Voldemort ash away, goblin ash away, you know? 
I have thoughts on that, but we'll we'll let Leah do her thing now. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, because it kind of goes with my next question anyway. So just go ahead. Okay. So I felt like when we got to 16, we were going to get some answers for some bad things that had happened. And instead, I felt like we didn't. And then we decided to double down on the more moral bankruptcy. So in like Reddit or online spaces, there's like sometimes like those like things of like, am I the asshole? And there'll be a story and you're like, here's my story. Am I the asshole? And people will be like, yes, you're the asshole. No, you're the asshole. Or everybody's the asshole. In this case, everybody is the asshole. Because we've got Chairwoman Jung, who was doing dodgy things and didn't give a shit about anyone in the end and just wanted money. And we know that she basically contrived the accident that in part at least killed Dohee's mom. So Dohee's mom dies because of Chairman Jung, who's like, then we're supposed to forgive Chairman Jung and like live whatever and deal with that. But I want to go to the deals of the devil. Because the deals of the devil, like at first, were presented with like, okay, we make deals with the devil when we're like bad people. Like, yes, there was the jokes with like Buck You, which was like he was starving and wanted fish. And so he was going to make a deal with the devil, although he never has a bill to pay, apparently. But like most people were like, I want like I want something bad. Like I'm a gangster. Like, you know, I'm like I'm a bad person. I'm going to make a bad guy deal. And I kind of really thought that's what we were going to do. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Whatever. It's kind of like ghosts and the bad people go to hell. I'm not like a fire and brimstoner, but like I could live with that. We introduce a cancer kid in suffering pain, like actually suffering, distraught parents. And he's like, oh, time to make the donuts and like makes a deal with them. So I kind of felt like, OK, we're going to have something where at some point, like I wasn't expecting good people to suffer. But I was like, there's going to be an explanation somewhere. That explanation doesn't come. And then we find out, well, what's the bad deal that the dad made? Like the dad, was he like, I want to be rich. I want to own the company. I want to do something like shitty. The dad, there's like a car, like a mega pile car accident when the mom goes into labor. So they're walking from hospital and emergency room to hospital emergency room in the driving rain as she's like gripping her swollen belly being like, oh, then she falls into a literal gutter like on the road gutter and is like dying kind of like a goblin mom death is like, help me, I'm dying. And that's when, um, you know, we have the demons show up and be like, do you want to make a deal? And the dad is just like fucking whatever you need to do to save them. Like, I don't care. I don't care what it is because they decide, oh, this is actually kind of problematic. So we probably shouldn't have him be like, well, here's your contract to go to hell in 10 years. So we have to like not actually dwell on that. We have to have him just be like, details, shmeetails, like save them, save them, please. So that's what brings about the death. What brings about the death is that he wants his unborn baby and his wife to live. And that's why the demon comes to collect on him 10 years later. The demon apparently has known this the whole time and has been like, well, there's never just been like a great time to tell you that. I don't think he knew that she was their daughter at first. I didn't think so either until the 16 when he was like, well, there's never really been a great time to tell you. 
And I was like, wait, so he, cause I, cause he acted like he didn't know before. So this was like bad, right? Like they like shoehorned that part in. So he did actually know. But like, so that was also very, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Then I'm like, so you're telling me the dad who made that deal is actually in fucking hell forever, like in that fire swamp? And that's where the cancer kid parents go? Like that's where everybody goes to hell? Like they're not just like dead and like get to go to like the God, God's homeless box in the sky. Like they're in fucking hell. And I was like, hang on a second. And then Dohee's like, well, but you saved me. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Like, if let's say my kid, like, my we into a car accident. My kids are like writhing on the side of the road, like, mommy, help us. And a demon comes out, and I'm like, fucking whatever. Save them. Just save them. I don't care what it takes. Just save them. And then they save them. If in 10 years the goblin comes and he's like, well, or the demon, I keep calling him the goblin. He's like, come on, we're going to hell. And then my kids find out about it later. Like my daughter Bronte finds out later. Like, oh, the demon made a deal with my parent in their worst hour. It saved my life, though. And I love them. Let's make out. And we're down together forever. I guess we should just look forward, not backwards. And I'm in like a lake of fire with like my guts burning after all the bullshit you do as a parent in this world. And then she's like, well, I guess they knew that they had their 10 years with me. So that just made them love me all the more. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of my face. Parenting is hard, thankless work. And I am not doing it. So I can end up having my asshole burn out daily in a ring of fire so my kid <laughs> can go fuck a six-pack demon and no one's going to look for a goddamn loophole because there was a loophole. He burned up saving her, shows back up as, like, Immortal Demon, the sequel. He's ever like, gosh darn it. Like, I he's like, something. oh, I guess I got to go, like, <laughs> yeah, like, there's nothing at no point is he, like, Oh, like we're making some troubling deals and you're actually fucking God. Like I'm just a demon. Like he's not the devil. Like that's the other thing. It's like he is not this all powerful devil. He's just a, he's a hack demon that's yeah. been around 200 years. Yeah. So we're never dealing with like a devil. We're never dealing with like the big power player. I'm like, you are like a low grade manager at best, maybe the bottom of middle management. And you are not escalating this up the appropriate ranks. Like, you've decided to just be like, well, the bureaucracy is what it is. Whereas I'm like, no, you make a complaint and you change the system. And Dohee's just like, well, I guess I'll just. I'm like, Dohee, you're going to start to. This feels good when you're like 24 and you're a CEO of a sugary drink company. When you're 34, you're going to start to be like, oh, this feels a little weirder. Like he's immortal and killing cancer kids. And I'm just like getting a little older. And then you're going to be like 45. Then you're going to be. Ugh. But the fact that they just left the parents, like really, I was just like, no, this is like I that's when I went to hating it until like, I mean, I was like, I was hating it. I was yelling. And then we just decided to go one fucking bit further. Which is going to be the next question. <laughs> well, no. Because we are already morally bankrupt at that point. Yeah, no. Well, okay. I don't, I don't know. So here's what I have next. I don't know if this is what you thought, of, thought I was going for. So 
as the top member of the Kim Shin Goblin fan club, I obviously buy into romance stories between an immortal hero hero and mortal woman. But there are many aspects okay. of my demon that hit different. Like, even if they did try to throw in some goblin callouts in the drama. But the one thing I can't get out of my head, which I think goes with what you are saying, Leah, is Dohi's horror when she was hiding in the clock room and accidentally witnesses Guwan collecting on a contract as the woman who made the deal with him a decade before begs for her life. And we see his, like, eyes mm. grow cold and he like he's like, you know, you signed the contract. And at that at that point, my thought was the only way that this romance could have a happily ever after is if God makes him human. That would have changed everything for me. But even if God makes him human, mm, but if God makes him human and he gets to live like, out. Dad is still fucking burning in the pit of hell. Yes, dad is still in hell. But 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 yeah. I get what you're saying about him, like, you There's know. There's no happy ending. There's no happy ending if the dad and the cancer kid parents are in hell. And this is fiction. We are not bound, like, we are not bound by the laws of contract and reason. There are workarounds to workarounds. And the fact that they were like, oh, I guess this is fine. And actually, she's like, <laughs> like, we were meant to just have her be like, but you saved me, I guess. I was like potatoes potatoes like didn't save the dad like the dad's over here like i got a pretty bad deal with my anus burning i love it you keep and... going back to anus burning <laughs> no i i get it I just when they showed the fire when they showed just like how horrible it would be i was like you for the rest of eternity fucking just burn not because you're like a murderer, not because you hurt people, not because you were anything. It was because you loved your wife and your baby. And we're like, no, no, that that tracks. That's good. Okay. No big, no moral problem there. <laughs> Maybe it's because Dodo Dodo he doesn't know what the fiery pits of hell look like. So maybe she's like, I mean, my dad died. So that's okay, I guess. Ask some questions. Like, so, but you take them to hell? What exactly is in hell? Like, I need some more answers. She's like, yeah, just look forward. You just look forward. Just like German Jug said when she ran my parents off the road and killed my mom, who didn't have to die. I love that, like, the dad knows that he's got, like, minutes before he's going to die. And so he's just putting pedal to the metal with his wife sitting next to him, who is not part of the deal. And is it like, oh, well, it happens. But I do like, I think there's many reasons why their happily ever after is pretty impossible. Like if he is, and and I never felt that way with um, Kim Shin and Ji Tak and Goblin, because the way that I see that playing out is that he will finally go to rest when she lives out a full life kind of thing. Or she'll keep getting re reincarnated and he gets to have lifetime after lifetime after lifetime with her. And I'm fine with that, too. Um, she keeps but I really showing don't... up in her schoolgirl uniforms. <laughs> yes. But I really didn't see how, especially when they showed Dodo he's horror at him collecting on, on that woman's deal. Because that's when she, like, ran away from him. And then all of a sudden she mm -hmm. just kind of forgot about it. And she was like, yeah. Yeah. I quibbles, can't imagine, like, quibbles. she goes off to the office and he goes off to collect souls. 
And then they have dinner. Yeah, and he's not even going up. I mean, that late, yeah, and that lady was probably a baddie too. What happens when it's like the cancer kid parents and they're like, please, no, my child will be an orphan. I only did this to spare them total agony and suffering. And she's like, well, that's your job. It's your job. forward. (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to. I mean, yeah. Her punishment, her punishment is that she should turn into a 40-year-old unfuckable K-drama actress because that's what happens when you hit like 36-ish. And then that's it. He's going to fucking leave you for some... No, I'm... Whatever. Fuck it. The last thing I care about is her happiness. Fuck her. Okay. All I can think of is that at some point, Amy sent me a message on Instagram and was like, do you think this could work with him not ever becoming a human? And all I said was, when I watched it, all I could think of was that scene in Twilight. I think it was like Eclipse where Bella's thinking about her future not being a vampire and she's like a hundred years old in a rocking chair and Edward's still like fresh and so fresh and so clean. Like, I love you, Bella, forever. And they like kisses her. I'm like, that's what it's going to look like. Like, she's going to be a little tiny Halmony and he's going to be his same self. Yeah, fucking live it up, people. Well, meanwhile, the dad's like, and hey, you think you have problems? My asshole just burned out. For the 450,000th time. Look at my anus. And I don't even get to beat. And I'm not even with my wife. My wife's like in a homeless box somewhere, wherever you go, and you're not in hell. I'm like, fuck it. Jesus Christ. No, you want to talk about the Goblin ripoff, though, at the end? Is that is that what you want to talk about? Is that where you thought I was no, going before? No, I want to talk about... No, what I want to talk about is the fucking dirtbag who is... Kim Sera and how we pretend that her Zoolander happiness is fucking acceptable. And that's when I was like, every single person, Chairman Jung was a fucking bitch who killed the mom. And she was honestly the C word. She was not a good person. We're still going. And, and do he still goes to her grave? I'm like, go to your dad's grave who's burning in the pit of fire. Chairman Jung is an asshole. So, Chairman Jung's an asshole. The dad, honestly, not an asshole. The mom, not an asshole. They get the worst end of the deal, not assholes. Chairman Jung's whole fucking family, except for, like, the one second male lead, they're all assholes. But we have the villain who just abuses the fucking shit out of his son. Like, that son had no chance. Like, he was Taylor. He was abused. It was horrible. Mom ignores the entire thing. She was abused, too. Whatever, whatever. I'm not... Excusing her, but she was burned with the poker, too. Sure. Yes. But she was burned with the poker after her son. Like, I believe, like, I felt like there was this time where he starts to abuse the son and she puts the headphones on. And I actually felt bad because I was like, you know what? You are a traumatized person. But when she goes to see the son in jail, the son's taken the fall for everything. Yes. And she's basically, he's like, she's like, well... Like, she's traumatized, but she's like, you made your dad mad. And this is what happens when you make your dad mad. She like, blamed okay. him. So he kills himself. Yeah. So he kills himself because mom, the one time he's reaching out, like, please, in my horrible fucking life, in this goddamn fucking life with this hoe bitch grandma that we all pretend is a nice lady and everyone else just being fucking rotten to me. And so I'm like fucked up, too. 
and like apparently like burn a cigarette and break a butterfly, break the grandma's butterfly. Yeah, I'd break that grandma's butterfly too. Now that I know what she was like, I'd see grandma butterfly go by. I'd be like, stomp on you. You suck. But she, she like, she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, fuck you. Like you deserve, like you made your dad mad, whatever. I'm out. So he hangs himself. And then at the very end in episode 16 too, for no reason, except for like this bullshit happy ending, she's like, well, what I've decided to do is like basically open up a Zoolander center for kids who can't read good and stuff. And it's like a home for abused children. And everyone's like, oh, well, I mean, redemption. I'm like, three episodes ago, your son killed himself because you fucking abandoned him. And now we have to give you a cookie? No, no. And that's that's when I was like, stamp it. This is the worst drama I've ever seen. And I will hate it forever. And I will bitch about it forever. It was morally bankrupt by the time we got to 16. We were killing cancer kid parents and putting them in hell. Dads who were trying to protect families, putting them in hell. The mom who abandoned her child, even if she had abuse herself, abandoned him to sue it. Like he ended his life based on like her abandonment. And we get to pretend she has an, a, a redemption arc grandma somehow fucking because she was sad and had to limp and was old we have to pretend that she wasn't a total hoe bag like fuck them all the only person that wasn't an asshole by the end was buck you his sexless relationship and the second male lead and justin and austin who were just oh little bitches <laughs> fucking mom who doesn't know which is which <laughs> also i have to say because i just love a squad i'm I love a squad. The whole gangster squad that opened yes. the restaurant, I loved them. I thought they were hysterical. I know it probably is just like more dribble on this drama about like all It was the one of the people. only nice it was one of the only good parts was the gangsters. Yeah, and but again, poor Justin and Austin who are just trying to be like good kids and their mom's like, whatever, get away from me. Who cares? And then the second female lead sword fighter who you did throw this in the script, Amy. Who this is just a minor quibble to close it out. <laughs> episode after episode. I was just like, no one likes you. Like, leave. You're an you said you're too. leaving. Just leave. go. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she stayed. And then she stayed. I know. I'm like, Ugh. how many episodes is she going to announce her departure? It was like four. All the time. This was one of those dramas that, like The Good Bad Mother, had too many subplots and not enough time to wrap them all up. And I feel... I didn't want any more time. No, they had time. They had time. They misused their time. So they misused their time. But, like, it was very reminiscent of The Good Bad Mother where there were, like, multiple things happening at the same time. And by the end of it, you were just like... We didn't need this storyline. We didn't need this storyline. We didn't need this storyline. And that's kind of how I felt at the end. Um, we got too much of one thing and not enough of the other. And while I enjoyed the sword fighting, like Leah said, I think it was too much. And I really at the end felt bad for her because she loved someone. She was like totally in love with someone who didn't even love her as a sibling. Like he had no love for her at all. He was like, well, whatever. I don't care. You're leaving. Great. Goodbye. Like, and she was like, no, I love you. Like, you saved me. You did all these things. And he's like, I'm a demon. I'm incapable of love. Ugh. 
You know, like I just felt bad for her at the end. Feelings, blah. Yeah. I yeah, felt bad for no her, purpose. but at the same time, there was, was just no, annoyed. Yeah, she had no purpose in the drama at all. I mean, and they couldn't even give the second male lead. Like, I was like, oh, I guess they're going to have something where I was like, I don't know if I'm even cheering for this because she's such a miserable person. But, like, maybe there'll be something. They're like, nah, no need. Nope, Let's he just, just like, he gets to be CEO. That's it. He gets to be CEO of the sugary drink conglomerate. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, but Leah. Explain to me how Mr. Park is still alive after all these years and his 10-year contract. Does he just keep upping his contracts? Like, I don't understand. I think he got a pass. I think he has a fucking hall pass that no one else gets. Kids with cancer parents don't get. Dad of your fucking true love doesn't get. Only, I mean, the only reason the dad could have burned in hell in a way that made sense to me would have been if he had been the dad in the other life and had, like, sold his daughter out to, like, die that horrible sword death because she was a Christian. But no. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen either. You could rewrite this whole drama. Like, you had, like... It just didn't make... Like, it was unforced. The problem was it was unforced. And this is why, like, I feel paranoid turning my book in because I'm like, am I just not, like did they just not see like it felt like somebody at one point just like hit episode six or seven and it wasn't just that they like got lazy or they got tired it felt like something happened and they were like fuck this drama and fuck everyone who's ever gonna watch it you are all going to hell with the burning anuses and the parents like the writer wrote mr queen right did they i don't know let me look it up. I think I've got did. the page open right now. And I mean, like that held together. Oh, of course, their name is not clickable. Let's see. Yeah, Mr. Queen. Yeah, which was a clever concept. Again, so great job at high concept. But I would say Mr. Queen, I would have still done Mr. Queen differently at the very end. But I could have, I lived with it, but I still would have done it a little differently. My demon, it it honestly felt like it was like a buck you. <laughs> like, just buck you. Buck you to everyone. Buck you. Fucking put my emotions into a case with a bunch of body parts of a faceless man in a basement that's going to be lit in fire in like episode seven. And we're just not even going to, we're going to forget about it. It was a good premise. The execution fell apart, for sure. So something we will do in this uh, episode as well as a surprise teaser is I have a special guest I'll be bringing on who is Poppy. My daughter started watching with me at episode five. She really enjoyed it, and I didn't have the heart to tell her all the reasons why I hated it. You d- you so I will her interview her because she really wants that. to. Oh, I'll yuck yours, though. <laughs> That's fine. I'm old enough to take it. I'm old enough. And like I said, this isn't a drama that I'm fighting for by it any was, means. No, for me, it was just the moral bankruptcy at the end of everyone. Everyone ended up being kind of bad. And I was like, but I want my romances to be like everyone's heroic and striving and reaching Not you're all either actively bad or lazily bad. And that's what I felt like they all ended up being. I really did want to see him become human. And, like, live a real life with her. Instead, he just, he, like, he, like, poofed out for, like, two days. And 
And then she wishes him back, and there he is as a demon again. Zero explanation. And their explanation for it was, yeah, God was like, well, well sur- surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> And she made a wish, and he makes the comment of, like... we've talked for... No, oh, my God. Are we really at 145? Yeah, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. It's like a two-hour... Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Okay. Your points are all All very valid. Well, I hate it. I'm not fighting against them. I'm only happy to have a drama to bitch about for the rest of my life. Well, we also have one. And like I always say... Yeah, and like I always say, I watch everything for face value. So I had some quibbles, but none of them really bothered me. Except if your daughter sent you into a burning hellscape to have your anus burn for all time, you would have a, you'd feel some kind of way. But couldn't I like cut a deal and come back as a demon? I feel like there's maybe that option. So that you get to take other innocent good people who just want to save their families? Payback's a bitch. I mean, Guan like killed a shit ton of people. And gets to live as as this undertaker for the rest of his life. You know what? I could live with that. That's like the goblin-y thing. Look, sometimes they were all assholes watching his true love die. If you were there, yeah, it was maybe awkward to die. But, like, you were probably complicit in, like, Wushin's, Wushin's murder in some way. Like, you know, whatever. I can handle some body count. Just, not the fun, not the fun kind. Just not the like innocent people body count that he just keeps collecting. No. Every time the clock strikes midnight, he's just collecting innocent bodies. Not when it's not for greed. If it's for personal greed and gain, I mean, I don't still believe that hell's a good thing, but like, okay. But when it's for people who are like altruistically just like, right. I need to save the people I love. And we're like, eh, okay. Goodbye, Colin. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We know what Leah's personal hell is going to be. <laughs> I'm just like, couldn't you see them all like, oh, well, what we didn't tell you is those people die, but they get to go like somewhere good because they were good people. Would that have made they you go feel to the better? Good place. Would that have made you feel better? Yes. Yes. If they were all in like a pasture with like fucking ponies. Yeah, I would have felt better. I would have felt better. Like a quibble, I would have been like, still a bad deal, but I would have been like, okay, sure. Like, give them some mangoes. Okay, and then I know that everyone needs to wrap up, but I just need to hear Amy's reaction of when they went goblin style. So it was funny because Megan messaged me on Instagram. She's like, I have a trigger warning for you for episode 16. And she didn't know that I had already seen it. I'm like, I can't believe. So here's the thing. Like, you're going to like... You're going to pander to those of us who love Goblin and make him disappear like Goblin did. And did it hit me? It did. Because just seeing that evokes Goblin. And I feel like I was crying for Kim Shin when that happened. Because I knew that Gu Wan was not going to be gone. Like, I knew he wasn't. I'm like, if you're going to rip off Goblin doing this, then he's coming right back. Of course he is. Um, you can't You can't out Kim Shin, Kim Shin. But yeah, that kind of disappearing is going to get me every time. It happens in um, in Infinity War, in Avengers Infinity War. Like, that's how everybody goes out. And I'm like, that will always get me. Um, something like that happens in um, in A Time Called You. It will always get me. 
there's something about that that's triggering to me because of Goblin. Um, but yeah, nobody does it like Goblin does. But it got me. It did. I was like, God damn you. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a lip quiver. I was just like, fucking toast that marshmallow. I up. just couldn't believe after <laughs> you were that like, happened, bye. After that happened, then they show the, they show the trailer for the next week and Sukmin is still alive. I'm like, how? How? Yeah. No, I was, I mean, I was so distracted by that. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> this is not a good character. No. So he's in prison. Great. Who cares? Anyway, that was my demon, folks. What are you you guys watching? I am, (laughs) Um, like I said, I just went, I'm watching um, Marry My Husband live and I freaking love it. Love it. Um, And yeah, I just went back to Love to Hate You, which I started like a million years ago and didn't leave it because I didn't like it. It was just I was watching other stuff for the pod. How about you, Megan? I'm watching Marry My Husband and Dr. Slump. How is Dr. Slump? Mm, do you like Dr. Slump? I'm hearing mixed things. So I like it, but you do have two leads who are well into their 30s that play them their high school selves. So... If that's your thing, you'll enjoy those parts. And if it's not, then it's not the drama for you. It's cute. Um, It has an underlying mystery. um, And it is a modern day faded mates um, with enemies to lovers. So, And Leah, I'm sorry, did you say what you were watching? Um, Well, the last couple of days finishing up the book, I've watched uh, very little, just some BTS uh, serial shows. I'm watching Bon Voyage. Um, I will be starting tomorrow, The Killer's Paradox, or A Killer's Paradox. I forget if it's uh or the, but I want to see, uh, I'm ready for some more Toy with Chic and some So Cute. I am here for it. So let's yeah, you'll do some let me know people who need killing. Is. Yeah. I think you'd yeah. like a shop for killers. Yeah, I think I probably will too. I just, I need, I need to do some... Yeah, I need a palate cleanser. Yeah, totally. with some. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> you can you can Art. always start. You're beautiful. A classic, and I do want to watch. You're beautiful. Yes. I want to say it's like 2014, maybe 2016 drama. All right. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everyone. We can't wait to hear what you thought of my demon. And we'll, thank you, Megan, for joining us tonight and filling in for Megan. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for having me. Annyeong. Annyeong. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs. And if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!